It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, you know we recommend betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts with that promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% sign-up bonus. He is Evan Silva, who is dominating on the daily for EstablishTheRun.com. These are his tiers, and especially today, his running back tiers. Arguably, the crown jewel of the Evan Silva Tears of Evan podcast series on the Fantasy Feast. Very, very fired up, Evan, for today. Check him out on Twitter, at Evan Silva. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, nine offensive line coaches, nine head coaches. It's not easy to do. Try to do the math on that. It's not easy, but somehow... I accomplished that. Speaking of accomplishments, we've got uh, a couple more Fantasy Feast season-long redraft league entries to give away. By the way, we're doing two podcasts a week starting this week. So tomorrow we'll have a guest. Uh, The Fantasy Football Fellas will be on with what they are calling their all-double-digit round team. Very cool. These are all players who are going in rounds 10 or later in current ADP that they really like. So pretty cool. Highly encourage you to listen to the Fantasy Football Fellas tomorrow. As for today, and by the way, I'll, I'll announce another redraft winner on tomorrow's show as well. Today's winner, Ryan Rawlings, who is... Just incredible. So number one, he is a prolific retweeter of me and Brian and the various RT Media podcasts. So Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, College Draft, Fantasy Feast. He retweets them all, which I love. Plus, he came up with his own Tears of Evan song, which maybe we'll play for the last episode, although we should probably play it now too, Bri, just so people can see what the kind of things are you need to do to separate yourself from the pack and get in the Fantasy Feast season-long league. You got that queued up, Bri? I do. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. There's a target of shore, their draft will be gold, cause they're <laughs> following the tears of heaven. At the draft, Tuckets know how to feast on their bows, any round they can get the sleeper they came for. Show. 
That is unbelievable. Ryan Rawlings, kudos to you, my friend. You are in the season-long Fantasy Feast Redraft League. It's time to eat a little bit as it relates to Evan's running back tiers. Speaking of eating, by the way, right now, ButcherBox is offering juicy, flavorful, grill-ready, 100% grass-fed beef burgers, perfect for any summer cookout. Butcher Box burgers are ready to go, third-of-a-pound patties that can be simply tossed on the grill for an easy weeknight meal or doctored up to create a show-stopping bacon cheeseburger. Oh, I love bacon cheeseburger. For the neighborhood barbecue. Right now, new members get six burgers for free in every box received until October 15th. Get summer's best offer before it expires. You guys know Butcher Box is the best food, the best meat, right to your house. Delicious. And for $20 off your first box and the package of six burgers for free in every box all summer long until October 15th, go to butcherbox.com slash Tucker or enter promo code Tucker at checkout. Again, you get six burgers for free every month and you get $20 off your first box. All you have to do is go to butcherbox.com slash Tucker or enter promo code Tucker at checkout. Awesome. All right, Evan, let's dive in. Tier one, I think I love it. Interesting. RB1 for you, Christian McCaffrey, ahead of Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and David Johnson. Yes, and the reason that I have Christian McCaffrey ahead of Saquon Barkley is because I trust the Panthers' offense a little bit more than the Giants. Better offensive line, at least more upside on the offensive line, getting back Daryl Williams from injury, um, and also uh, draft, uh, drafted Greg Little uh, to play left tackle, and signed Matt Parity, so uh, one of the better centers in the league, away from the Broncos. And then bringing back their right side, which is a really underrated right side, and Trey Turner and um, uh, Taylor Moton. So, and I thought they they really they did a great job of utilizing Christian McCaffrey, throwing the ball to him on first downs when uh, defenses were geared up to stop the run. Uh, they were aggressive about passing on first down. I just I like a lot of the things that they did offensively um, last season. Norv and Scott Turner in Carolina. Uh, with Saquon Barkley, you know, the the issues around him, I think that there's going to be a quarterback controversy no later than midseason in New York. Golden Tate is out for four games, uh, the first four games, and they were really relying on him to help replace Odell Beckham. There's no threat on the outside for the Giants. They were kind of hoping, I guess, that Corey Coleman would be that. He tore his ACL early in training camp. Um, I had... Ezekiel Elliott ranked ahead of Saquon Barkley as well, but I moved them one spot down due to the holdout risk. You saw that the, the Cowboys are starting to make moves. You know they signed Alfred Morris, and uh, that shows some concern. I, I love the situation for Ezekiel Elliott if he can get back in camp, and I do think that ultimately that they're going to pay him. They're getting back Travis Frederick on the offensive line and. Uh, everyone was better after they acquired Amari Cooper in the offense. Uh, just everyone was better. Um, so I, I'm still optimistic about Ezekiel Elliott, but there is enough concern right now that at this very moment, if I had to make a draft pick between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, I would take Saquon Barkley over Zeke just because of the risk. Alvin Kamara averaged 23 touches per game in the first four games last season, and then he dropped to 16.7 when Mark Ingram came back. So he does not have the same workload projection that McCaffrey, Barkley, and, and Ezekiel Elliott have. Uh, Latavius Murray is going to fill that Mark Ingram role. But Alvin Kamara, so, he's just uh, such a dynamic playmaker and so good in the passing game. 32 touchdowns through 
31 career regular season games. Uh, David Johnson, his situation really upgrades going from Mike McCoy's bunch formations to Cliff Kingsbury's spread offense. I think that Kyle Murray as a dual threat is going to create additional running lanes for David Johnson. Um, and, you know, I think I, I'm very optimistic about him returning to be a guy that averages over 20 touches per game and is a weekly difference maker. Last year was considered a down year for David Johnson, uh, but he was still a top 10 fantasy running back in both PPR and non-PPR. Tier 2, Evan, is a smaller tier than Tier 1. You've got – or actually, no, they both have five guys in it. This just has guys with shorter names. <laughs> James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. So Tier 1 was like proven, locked-in difference makers. Tier 2 backs are capable of entering the first tier – but I think they still have something to prove. James Conner outproduced Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh last year before he suffered a late-season concussion and a high ankle sprain. Uh, but from weeks one through ten, he was the number three overall fantasy running back. There are some concerns with him. They're, they're bringing back all five starters on the offensive line. That's I, I like that. You know, I think that Ben is a reliable elevator of teammates. Um, but James Conner, we have not seen him do it for a full season. And I really like what Jalen Samuel showed in his opportunities, and I do wonder if he might be a little bit more involved. But you know, the Steelers' history is of, of using one-back offenses, whether it be Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, James Conner. Um, they like to use the one-back offense, and that's what they've historically done. And you know, that doesn't. And when you always have the same back in, it doesn't telegraph to the defense what play is coming. Um, and I think that if Benny Snell is in their fourth round pick, you know, really very little history, very little track record of uh, catching the football at Kentucky, he would telegraph a run play. And then Jalen Samuels uh, would, you know, the, the probability would increase of a pass play because of his history in college. He actually caught more passes than he had rushing attempts at NC State. Um, but th- that's kind of the risk with James Conner right now. Le'Veon Bell his risk, of course, is that he's coming back from being away from football for a year. Maybe that, you know, kind of contributes to him having fresh legs potentially, but also like, you know, his body isn't used to taking that that pounding that he's taken every single year since he was, you know, started playing football probably at like age seven or whatever. Um, and, you know, how is he going to mesh with Adam Gase? You know, the, the reports came out that Adam Gase didn't want to sign him. Um, and Adam Gase like leaked that. I mean, clearly like Adam Gase leaked that. Uh, and then, uh, the offensive line, I mean, for the first five years of his career, Le'Veon Bell ran behind a top five offensive line last year in football outsiders adjusted line yards. Uh, the jets were dead last in, uh, that run blocking metric. I mean, they were, they were 32nd in the league and they didn't do a whole lot and they did get Kalecio Semele. But he is what over thirty, coming off the worst year of his career. So there are some concerns here. You know, Le'Veon Bell was able to able to run with that 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 you know patented patient style behind a Steelers offensive line that could you know could control the point of attack. Are the Jets going to be able to do that? Probably not. So is, is Le'Veon Bell going to try to run the same way? It's going to be interesting to see. I think they need to try to get him out in space, use him use him a ton as a receiver, ideally. Joe Mixon, I had him as the RB6. I moved him down to RB8 within the last couple of days. Just too much concern right now with the Bengals' offensive uh, offense in general. First of all, they lost their first-round pick, Jonah Williams, to year-ending shoulder injury. Um, Clint Bowling retired. He was probably their best offensive lineman remaining. Um, and then A.J. Green you know, tears ligaments in his ankle, and it looks like he's not going to be ready to start the season. Joe Mixon, I, I do, I'm you know still kind of hanging my hat on his workload. He averaged 20 touches per game last year. Yards per carry went from three and a half to 4.9. Big spike in his efficiency. Um, he shed weight entering last season. 
Uh, and, you know, you saw the results on the field. And he was running behind a bad offensive line last year, too. You know, and, and A.J. Green missed half the season. So, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure on, on Joe Mixon. I'm still willing to take him, like, early to, to middle second round. Uh, but I did move him down because uh, I just I, – the, the offense situation just kind of scares me. Nick Chubb, I think that if you were going to set – odds on which running back would lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns in weeks one through eight. Nick Chubb would have to be up there with McCaffrey and Zeke and um, Saquon Barkley um, because I think that he's going to be a primary beneficiary of the Browns being explosive on offense and um, you know that's just kind of Nick Chubb who Nick Chubb is, you know, he's a big physical interior uh, run, runner with big playability. Who's going to score a lot of TDs over the course of his career. You know, I, one of the comparisons that I made for him last year when I was watching him play was Jamal Lewis. Um, and, but there are some concerns with him. I mean, Kareem Hunt is uh, eligible in week 10, you know, which that coincides with the fantasy playoffs. And then as a rookie, he only averaged two catches per game. And you go back to Nick Chubb's college career at Georgia, didn't catch a lot of passes there either. So those are the concerns for Nick Chubb, but also I think that the the upside is enormous. And I thought it was interesting on, was it Monday, uh, the Haslams were uh, asked about Kareem Hunt, and they kind of acted like it wasn't a guarantee that Kareem Hunt would be eligible. Uh, in week 10, you know, that, that it's kind of like pending leave or league approval still. So that's something to note. Um, Dalvin Cook at RB10, I've thought about moving him up. Um, you know, the, it, it's very clear what the, what the Vikings want to do offensively. They fired John Filippo last year. They immediately went very, very run heavy um, in their final three games. In the offseason, they go and they hire Gary Kubiak, longtime run game aficionado and um, they used their first round pick on a center um, Dalvin Cook over the final five weeks last year averaged 104 total yards per game 5.7 yards per carry you know the talent is there he has missed 17 of 32 possible games through two NFL seasons that's the only reason that he's really even in this tier you know I think that he actually could be a tier one back if he's able to stay healthy Wow, all right. Let's get to tier three. Damian Williams, Carrion Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. This is the most interesting tier to me, Evan. I mean, we think about Johnson, Gordon, Henry with the boot on his girly Fournette. I mean, there's a lot of really, there's a lot going on with the dudes in this tier. Yes, I think that all the running backs in this tier can be RB1s, can be top 12 running backs. You know, absolutely have that within their range of potential outcomes, but they have injury and or usage concerns. Damian Williams last year, he leads off the tier. Uh, he averaged 19.2 touches per game. For 100.3 yards per game and 10 touchdowns over the Chiefs' final six games, including the playoffs. Uh, He has a very limited track record. He's been in the NFL for five years. He has never had more than 50 carries in a season, and he already has a hamstring pull and is on on the shelf at training camp. So the red flags are very much there, but so is the upside, as we were able to, to see down the stretch last season, and their OC, Eric Bieniemy has come out and said, hey, we want Damian Williams to be our feature back, but he's not going to be the feature back if he can't stay healthy. Um, on Johnson went from RB18 to RB12 with the release of Theo Riddick, uh, which increased his receptions projection by 20, um, and the Lions beat writers have talked about how that move is going to lock in on Johnson to playing in the two-minute drill, something that he did not do. And, man, running backs can rack up a lot of catches and kind of easy yards playing in the two-minute drill. It's really, really a big deal. I remember when Ryan Matthews uh, of the Chargers could just – you know, he, he was a pretty good runner. And, of course, his big problem was that just that he would always get hurt. But um, 
he also would would never play in the two minute drill, and so he'd end, he'd end up with these games where you know he'd have like two catches for eleven yards and you know seventeen rushes for eighty four yards, uh, but you know he did not get those additional three or four catches that come in the two minute drill. Um, and you can rip big plays in the in, and you can and you and running backs will sometimes get draws that go for big plays in the two minute drill. It's just it's an underrated critical component of being an every down back, and Carry on Johnson is going to get that this season, according to the Lions beat writers. Melvin Gordon, I had of course, is the RB six. He had to move down to RB thirteen due to the holdout risk. Devonta Freeman. Um, Let's look at his uh, recent injury history. Sprained multiple knee ligaments in 2017. Missed three games to begin uh, the season last year after re-injuring the same knee. Sprained his foot in week six. And then while he was on the shelf with that, um, doctors looked at him. And he wound up needing year-ending groin surgery. So is his body breaking down? I love this Falcons offense. You know, They invested two first-round picks into the offensive line. They're playing 13 of their 16 games this season indoors. Matt Ryan averages uh, 0.7 more yards per pass attempt, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really, really adds up uh, over 16 games. Average, uh, he averages 0.7 more yards per pass attempt in his career playing indoors. They're, they're going to score a lot of points, and they're going to be better on defense, which is good for the running game. They were 30th in the NFL in rushing attempts last year. That's absolutely going to go up, and Devonta Freeman – can benefit. So he's another like boom bust pick. Uh, Derek Henry, you mentioned he's already got the boot on his um, foot. I think the reports are that the Titans really aren't concerned about it, but it's definitely a situation to monitor. If everything comes together for Derek Henry, the guy can lead the NFL in rushing attempts. He could lead the NFL in rushing. Um, he was a monster in the, in the final month of last season. They want to build their offense around him, but Combine the boot with you know losing Taylor Luan, their left tackle for the first four games. You know things are already starting to, you know there, there's already doubts starting to kind of creep in with Derrick Henry. Marlon Mack was a monster uh, over the last ten games or over the last twelve games last season. Averaged averaged over ninety point two yards per game and eleven touchdowns in those twelve games. Colts bring back all five starters from a top three offensive line. I have unable. I've been unable to justify taking Todd Gurley anywhere near his ADP in drafts myself. So I've got him out of range. You know that that's kind of how I do a lot of my rankings is just based on what am I willing to do. You know because I want to be authentic to my readers. I want to be authentic to myself. Um, and uh, with Todd Gurley, you know you you look at his ADP. It just depends on where people are playing. But I've seen it anywhere from RB seven to RB ten. You know, there's no way I would take him in, in that range. So I've got him at RB17. Leonard Fournette, you kind of know the deal with Leonard Fournette uh, at this point. You know, over his going back to his final season at LSU, he's missed 14 games over his last three seasons hamstring, quad, foot, ankle injuries. Um, and so. You know, he the, the risk is very much – it's very clear there. I do think they're going to be a little bit better offensively with Nick Foles moving from Nick Foles to Blake Bortles. Um, and they are getting back uh, – all the, all the offensive linemen that went on injured reserve, they lost four or five offensive linemen to injured reserve last season. And Leonard Fournette's ADP has moved into a, a place – I mean, he was a consensus, like, top five pick last year. And now he's going in the middle of the third or sometimes even the late third. And uh, you and we're pulling T.J. Yeldon out of the offense, so that gives him some more receiving equity. I think you know it gives him a chance to be involved more as a receiver. But you know, the the risk is pretty obvious in terms of injuries, and you know just he he has been very untrustworthy uh, from a, in a fantasy sense. You know even going back to LSU. What about Evan? Your tier number four, which is your smallest tier. There's only five guys, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay. Who are these guys? A small tier of upside running back twos that have committee concerns. You know, and Aaron Jones is an undeniable talent. He's averaged five and a half yards per carry in back-to-back years to open his career. But he's torn his MCL three times 
and um, uh, also had a short suspension off the field. Uh, and then after the season, their GM, Brian Gutekunst, uh, suggested that he needed to get in better shape. And uh, he did, apparently, because he cut his body fat from 11% down to 5.3%. Um, so I think that he's on the right track. But, you know, he has not be- stayed healthy in the pros. Coaches like Jamal Williams, you know, because he does things correctly and he and he's the best pass-blocking running back on the team. And I also like this rookie, Dexter Williams, out of Notre Dame. Um, so there are, are, you know, lingering committee concerns with Aaron Jones. And he, at this point, he usually goes before I'm willing to take him in drafts. But, the, again, the upside is undeniable. Chris Carson at RB20 finished seventh in the, in the NFL in carries last year, top five in rushing yards despite missing two games. Um, but, you know, I do expect the, the Seahawks to use Rashad Penny more. Um, you know, with that said, you know, this was the NFC's run heaviest team last year and Mike Davis pulling him out of the offense is kind of, you know, low key good for the other backs. He had 146 touches last year. So that frees up a lot of opportunity. I, Chris Carson is a guy that I get in a ton of, in a ton of drafts. Um, Josh Jacobs, is he going to be able to nail down the every down back role? There's no doubt that the Raiders want him to given the fact that they uh, drafted him in the first round. But Doug Martin is coming off uh, quietly a pretty good season, uh, and he's a reliable veteran, and John Gruden loves him. He was uh, number 10 among 47 qualified running backs in Football Outsiders' rushing success rate last year, which measures just, you know, are the, the is the running back getting the yards needed uh, from an, on a down-to-down basis? And then Jalen Richard had 68 catches last year. He was eighth among all running backs in receptions. Um, so, and then, you know, you, you, you ha- kind of have concerns about the offensive line and the offense in general. So, and then you look at uh, the track record of Josh Jacobs in college. You know, he didn't even start. Like, Damian Harris was their starter. He never had more. Uh, he never had a, 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 even 1,000 total yards in a single season in college. Um, so, you know, those are kind of the concerns with Josh Jacobs. We know what the Raiders want. Is he going to be able to deliver that? I, I think, you know, that's something that we're, we're not going to know until everything's kind of in the books. Mark Ingram at running back 22. I'm concerned about uh, his usage in the passing game because first of all, there's not going to be a big passing game pie in Baltimore. They're by the favorites to lead the NFL in rushing attempts. And then, in those check down scenarios on passing downs, first of all, is he going to be in the game? You know, or is it going to be Kenneth Dixon or Gus Edwards or Justice Hill? And then, you know, next, is Lamar Jackson going to check it down or is he going to go scramble? You know, we've seen a lot throughout the years running running backs who didn't catch a lot of passes when playing with dual threat quarterbacks. We've talked a lot about that over the years. And then Philip Lindsay at RB23, I think that the, the Broncos want Royce Freeman to play a much bigger role this year, maybe even lead the team in rushing attempts, and then use Philip Lindsay more in the passing game, although it's concerning that they've been looking at Theo Riddick. Uh, and if they sign him, that would take a big chunk out of uh, what the you know the, the Broncos' available running back targets. So um, a, a situation to, to monitor there. Philip Lindsay has not been a guy I've been getting very much of in drafts. He usually goes a round or two ahead of where I take him. Okay, how about Tier 5? Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, James White, Latavius Murray, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders, Lamar Miller, Tevin Coleman. So these guys are mainly RB2 slash flex plays with secure roles, but obvious limitations. Sony Michelle was great down the stretch last year, averaged 18.7 touches with 12 touchdowns over the Patriots' final 14 games. But now, by now, everybody should know about his knee history. You know, going back to college, um, he was flagged for having a degenerative knee before the draft. He needed a knee scope in May. 
Uh, he's pretty much a zero in the passing game. So those are the limitations that Sony Michelle brings to the table. Kenyon Drake at RB25, you know, I'm a big fan of Kenyon Drake's just natural ability, but he has gone seven years, seven years, including Alabama and the NFL, without getting to 140 carries in a season. Uh, you know, he's just like a lifetime committee back. So we cannot expect feature back usage from Kenyon Drake. With that said, the team's going to be playing from behind a lot. The Dolphins are going to be a bad team. Um, and I think that he uh, should be able to rack up targets and, and be a productive PPR back and be a top 25 running back as I have him ranked here, even though his situation is not great, especially opening training camp behind Kalen Balazs, who we will talk about uh, shortly. James White up next, RB26. You know, he's one of the guys that PPR leaguers should target, and then non PPR leaguers should have a lot more trepidation about he scored a bunch of touchdowns I think he had like 12 touchdowns last year but um and that carried him in non-PPR leagues but that's not something that you can bank on especially in what look, looks right now like a a four-man backfield in New England Latavius Murray at RB27 I have him way above his ADP he's someone that I want to get in drafts Mark Ingram last year averaged 13.3 touches per game and I think that that is Latavius Murray's floor with a ceiling of what Mark Ingram averaged the year before, which was 17 to 18 touches per game. And my goodness, would that be a great, you know, seventh round fantasy pick to be able to get 17 to 18 touches uh, per game from your, your running back behind a, a top five offensive line that brings back four or five starters um, in, in such a bankable offense as New Orleans. They're going to score a lot of points. And then if Alvin Kamara gets hurt, Latavius Murray is a league winner. David Montgomery at RB28. This is a guy that usually goes higher uh, than than you know I, I would where I would be willing to take him. Um, Tariq Cohen is going to get cut into his passing game usage, and I think that Mike Davis, you know, even even if he's only getting like five to seven touches per game, he's going to cut into the usage of of both of these guys. I think that these guys are just going to be inconsistent. David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in fantasy. Daryl Henderson is. Um, real, real interesting because if Todd Gurley experiences any kind of, because first of all, he's got a locked in role. So he's got like a floor, you know, I think he's going to be a nine to 12 touch per game back right off the bat. And then if something, if Todd Gurley has any kind of a setback with his knee, Daryl Henderson becomes positioned to be, you know, the, like probably the lead back ahead of Malcolm Brown. I think that Malcolm Brown would be like the interior banger, but Daryl Henderson would get more touches Kind of like the Alvin Kamara, um, Mark Ingram situation. Uh, and so the, the floor upside combination on Daryl Henderson in one of the better offenses in the league, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very willing to draft him. On Sunday night, I did a pros versus Joes draft, and I took him in the late seventh round. Uh, Miles Sanders, I wanted to ask you about him. I'm not going to talk about him. Lamar Miller, uh, RB31, just really not threatened. Uh, at this point, I know that they got Dante Foreman there, but you know it seems like we've been talking about Dante Foreman for years. No running back in recent NFL history has come back successfully from an Achilles tear. Tevin Coleman, the lead back in um, a committee in San Francisco, wanted to mention that the 49ers bring back all five stars on the offensive line. They also, according to Sharp Football's metrics, have the easiest run defense schedule in the NFL. I know that you were at Eagles camp recently, or I think that you were, Ross. Can you tell me anything about uh, the backfield situation, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Sproles, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'll, by the way, I'll be there again tomorrow. Um, I'm doing their games, their preseason games on TV. And I also watched every snap that Miles played at Penn State because I do some Penn State media stuff as well. So, uh, the concern with him is just that he missed all of OTAs. I really think that the Eagles signed Sproles because, number one, they needed a reliable punt returner. And there's a history of guys in their mid-30s still being reliable and, and pretty good punt returners. So I think that's one. It's kind of a weird thing. You think about like guys that lose a step, quickness, speed, but they can still be good punt returners. So I think that's primary for Sproles. 
But I also think, you know, with Sanders missing all of the spring, they probably wanted Sproles just as a reliable third down guy who knows what he's doing in the passing game and the pass protection just in case it takes Sanders a little bit of time to be able to pick that up. So I think early in the season, that would be something to watch. And obviously, they haven't even played any preseason games yet, so they're like four or five practices in at this point. I will say this, even the beat guys have said, you know, it just looks different when he hits the hole as opposed to the other Eagles running backs. So far, it does seem like they've given the ball to Jordan Howard a lot in practice in the inside run period. He had a couple drops yesterday. I, You know, he even like during special teams, he sat there and he caught 70 balls. I just don't think he's going to end up being a big part of the passing game with him having a couple drops yesterday. He's going to kind of be the LeGarrette Blunt, um, Jay Ajayi kind of role would be my guess. And then I think that they're they're probably hoping Sanders can take as much of the the passing game third down stuff as possible, but they have a security blanket in Sproles. That's kind of my read on it. Yeah, I, I think that I think like a fair expectation would be that Miles Sanders kind of starts the season off slowly, maybe getting I don't know six to ten touches per game, and then. Um, he kind of, you know, as the season progresses, they, they use him more and more as long as he can show that, you know, he can stay healthy, that he can hold on the football because that was a problem for him, uh, at times in college and that he, they can pass protect. But, you know, I was talking to Nelson Sousa, uh, the high stakes season long player that we've had on a couple times on the show. And, um, he thinks the best approach, if you draft Miles Sanders, get a guy like Latavius Murray, um, you know, maybe the round after him or even like Kalen Balage, uh, super late, uh, that you can use early in the season, you know, and then until Miles Sanders kind of kind of establishes a role where he's getting 10 to 15 touches per game, and then he could become your RB2 slash flex. Uh, on to, let, let's move on to tier six, though. Okay. Tier six is Rashad Penny, Tariq Cohen, who you referenced a couple times, Royce Freeman, Carlos Hyde, Jordan Howard, who we just kind of discussed, and Darius Geis. Yeah, Rashad Penny, first round pick of the Seahawks last year. I would say that you know his his fantasy or his his first season was disappointing from a fantasy standpoint, but he was actually pretty good uh, as a rookie. If you look at all of his his efficiency metrics, um, how he, I mean he broke tackles at a really really high rate. Um, he, I think, is a better receiver. I remember watching him coming out of um, San Diego State. I really liked him, uh, and he was also like a uh, he was a, a kick returner um, at San Diego State, and he had one of the best speed scores uh, in last year's running back class. But um, he, you know, but but he, I mean, he was efficient. And he plays now on the you know the NFC's run heaviest offense. He's going to be the number two back. You look at just the number of touches on a per game basis that Seahawks running backs had last year. It was like thirty three or thirty four. Um, so if we can get eighteen touches per game out of Chris Carson and thirteen touches per game out of Rashad Penny, and you know that's even le- you know leaving over uh, two or three touches per game from the backfield. Um, I think that Chris Carson can be an every week RB2 with RB1 upside, and Rashad Penny can be an every week flex play, uh, and then you know a potential league winner if Chris Carson goes down, which Chris Carson did have a knee scope during the offseason. Tariq Cohen talked about him. Royce Freeman talked about him. Carlos Hyde I have way above consensus um, because, first of all, I like to take middle round and late round shots at this Chiefs offense, which is just – I mean, they're just going to score a ton of points. You know, they were number six in the NFL in points scored in 2017 with Alex Smith, and they are number one last year. I, and I think they're the favorites to be number one again this year. Um, and Carlos Hyde goes way later than this, so you know, adjust for ADP expectations. Don't go taking Carlos Hyde in the eighth round, um, but you know, every single time in the eleventh round, I think it's worth it. Damian Harris again already has a hamstring injury. Um, Carlos Hyde, number two on the on the depth chart in Kansas City. Uh, Jordan Howard talked about him. Darius Geis, uh, 
did show up to Redskins camp healthy. So that was a good sign, I think. But the competition for touches is so stiff right now in, in Washington. Adrian Peterson is back. Chris Thompson's going to hurt him in the passing game. Even Samaje Pirine is back. You know, is is Darius Geis even going to start over Adrian Peterson? I'm not entirely sure. Um, so uh, those are the concerns. And then Trent Williams. The Trent Williams situation is not good for the Redskins. Moving on to Tier 7. Austin Eckler, that's an interesting name for a lot of reasons. Kalen Balaj, another one that's been in the news. Kareem Hunt has been in the news. Damian Harris, Matt Breida, Alexander Madison, LaShawn McCoy, Peyton Barber. We live in a world, Evan, where you have Alexander Madison ranked ahead of LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) Uh, Seventh-tier running backs can turn into RB2 slash flex options if they catch the right breaks. That's obvious for Austin Eckler, right? Because Melvin Gordon right now is holding out. Um, Austin Eckler, if you look at um, the way that the Chargers divvied up carries and touches in their backfield when Melvin Gordon was out last year, and we've got a three-game sample size of games where Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and Melvin Gordon all played, I mean, I'm sorry, where Melvin Gordon was out and Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson were both in. Three-game sample. Austin Eckler had 17, 18, and 17 touches. Justin Jackson had three, nine, and nine. Now, Austin Eckler was not great in those games, um, and he's not big. uh, But I do think that uh, Phillip Rivers trusts him, and he opened training camp as the Chargers' number one back. Um, He is an excellent receiving back. And RB thirty nine may even be too low for him. I probably got to, I probably got to move him up because I think that every day, this Melvin Gordon holdout seems realer and realer. Kalen Balage opened training camp as the Dolphins starter and has apparently been tearing it up. Now he is a very imperfect as a runner. I remember kind of thinking that he had shades of like um, Kristen Michael sort of. Uh, as a runner, but he's a really good receiving back, caught a ton of balls at Arizona State, um, and he showed some big playability down the stretch last year. He's another big speed score guy, uh, 81st percentile speed score. Uh, he had 218 yards on 32 touches over the last three games uh, last season. It looks like they want to use Kenyon Drake in a niche role with Kalen Balazs potentially as the lead back. Remember, Kenyon Drake has not been a feature back since high school. Uh, Kareem Hunt won't be eligible until week 10, but he is going to be jumping into an exciting Browns offense. Nick Chubb was not you know, the most healthy back at Georgia. And Kareem Hunt, if he does get cleared and, and he comes back, like we kind of expect right now, um, you know, he's going to have fresh legs late in the season in the fantasy playoffs. You know, I, I think that that's that's like a real thing, especially for running backs, um, having fresh legs, you know, when everybody is like nine, ten games in, I think that that, you know, he could explode late in the season. I mean, that's, you know, he's he also could give you a zero across the board. So he's very, very much boomer bust with limitations. Damian Harris, he's gotten a lot of, he's generated a lot of buzz. He, he's kind of a jack of all trades, but master of none I think Um, but I think that he is a guy that you know has already endeared himself to the coaching staff and we know about Sony Michelle's knee problems Uh, Matt Breida I think is the best pure runner on the 49ers this dude averaged over five yards per carry last season playing on a high ankle sprain just ridiculous uh, what he was able to accomplish last season I think he's a better runner than Tevin Coleman Um, but I think they're only going to have two of these guys Coleman Breida and Jarek McKinnon active on game days because they've got check and Raheem Mostert or Raheem Mostert uh, is a, a special teams maven. So um, it's you know this is a camp battle to watch and it's something that we're going to be looking at for the entire preseason. Also, Matt Breida already has a torn pec, uh, a partially torn pec, which is a little bit scary. Alexander Madison, uh, I think, is a really good twelfth or thirteenth round pick. You mentioned before Dalvin Cook has missed 17 of 32 games 
to begin his career. They drafted this dude in the third round. He's 221 pounds. He can fit right into that Latavius Murray role. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is in this four-man Bills backfield and you know didn't look didn't look like his old self last season. And the offensive line is still largely untrustworthy. Peyton Barber is the favorite for carries in Tampa Bay still. Um, I know that people want Ronald Jones to happen, and maybe he will, but you know, he was not a guy that I was a big fan of coming out of USC in the first place, and then he had like the worst rookie season imaginable. I'm still kind of holding out hope that the Bucks will go pick up a, a running back um, to add to this mix, whether it be Matt Breida, whether it be um, Duke Johnson, or even uh, John Kelly, who's kind of buried for the Rams right now. I'd like to see them add some talent to their backfield. Before we get to Tier 8, Evan, we're going to be talking about, we're kind of getting down near more of the the sleeper category, which brings up two things. One is everybody needs to make sure they check out tomorrow's edition of the Fantasy Feast podcast because I had the guys on from the Fantasy Football Fellas just going over guys they like at each position, the double-digit round club, they called it. So we'll get into that on tomorrow's Fantasy Feast, Evan. It's the guys that they like at each position that are going in rounds 10 or higher. Speaking, by the way, of sleepers, right now the sleeper app, number one rated fantasy app on Android and as well as on any type of iPhone product. It's a top 20 sports app overall. Millions of people are choosing Sleeper for their fantasy football league. They've got tiered PPR, FAAB trading, draft pick trading, multi-team trades, full dynasty league support, open 365 days a year, ridiculous mock draft support. It's very, very cool. They've got a great game day experience as well. But the key for right now is what they do for you with the keepers and in the draft board, customized mock draft experience, mock against the computer or users every day. And I've seen some of the social media interaction for the sleeper app and people are loving it. So absolutely check out the sleeper app. In addition to getting Evan sleepers right now with tier number eight, Justice Hill, Jalen Samuels, Ito Smith, I can't say Ito Smith without thinking Judge Ito in the OJ trial. Jalen Richard, Deion Lewis, Jarek McKinnon. Wow, what a, what a difference a year makes for Jarek McKinnon. Ronald Jones, Evan's agent. Dante Foreman, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard. That's a name to watch. Justin Jackson, name to watch. Darwin Thompson and Chris Thompson, Evan. Yeah, started off with Justice Hill. These are... This this tier is comprised of late round RB fives, where there are some reasons for optimism. Um, Justice Hill was the number one spark athlete among drafted running backs this year. Ran an electrifying four four flat uh, coming out or at the combine, um, and I think that he makes perfect sense as the changeup back behind Mark Ingram in Baltimore. Um, and that, that team's just going to run the, the piss out of the ball. I mean, they, and they are bringing back all five starters. They've got a mobile quarterback. They have so many elements. Greg Roman is the OC, you know, who uh, oversaw the best years of Colin Kaepernick and Tyrod Taylor's career. Um, you know, they've got so many elements that it checks so many boxes as a, as a dominant uh, run offense team, and then Sharp Football has them facing the second easiest schedule of run defenses this year. So um, I think that Justice Hill could flirt with like flex value this season and mix in some big games. I like him as a best ball pick uh, in the double-digit rounds. Jalen Samuels, we talked about him. Ito Smith, number two in line for touches behind Devontae Freeman. We discussed how Devontae Freeman has injury concerns. Well, Ito Smith is your next guy up. Jalen Richard talked about him, number eight among running backs and receptions last year. What kind of a role is he going to carve out this year with the Raiders? We think that Josh Jacobs is—they want him to be the every-down back, but you know, is he is he going to be ready for all that? He didn't even do that stuff in college. Deion Lewis, uh, running back fifty-one. Derrick Henry already with the boot, and uh, there's really nothing else 
on the depth chart, on the running back depth chart in Tennessee. It's Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, and then a whole lot of nothing. Jarek McKinnon, RB52, um, he was not cleared to begin training camp coming off the ACL. Uh, Ronald Jones, again, didn't love him coming out of college and you know didn't do anything to you know, walk me away from that stance as a rookie. Dante Foreman, no running back has ever successfully come back from a torn Achilles. Chase Edmonds, this is a guy that I'm willing to hammer in drafts. Um, if the Cardinals are able to run as many offensive plays per game as they want to, which I don't think that they'll be able to run like 80 or 85, like, like they've talked about. But um, if they can get up, you know, top five in the NFL, um, there's going to be enough work, you know, opportunity there for another running back. Not, I mean, David Johnson isn't going to be able to play all of those snaps. Um, so Chase Edmonds, I think, could be a sneaky guy who, who carves out like seven to ten touches per game. And I think he's a, a legitimately good player. And then if David Johnson goes down, you know, you have the, the RB1 in or the starting running back in an offense finishing top five in plays per game. Tony Pollard. Now, the Cowboys just signed Alfred Morris. So this kind of takes some of the wind out of Tony Pollard's sleeper sales. But Tony Pollard is a really, really interesting prospect and a guy that I can't wait to watch play in preseason games. Um, we've got the Zeke holdout. Uh, Tony Pollard at uh, at Memphis played behind Daryl Henderson, but he uh, caught 104 passes in three seasons, averaged almost seven yards per carry, and was the best kick re- kickoff returner in the nation. I think he had seven kickoff return touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jackson, he is you know assuming Melvin Gordon is out, he is second in line for carries behind Austin Eckler, um, and there is a chance that he could end up winding more, uh, earning more carries than Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler is just more of a more of a passing game back. That's within the realm of possibilities. Justin Jackson is a very solid late-round pick right now. Darwin Thompson, third in line for touches in the Kansas City backfield, six-round pick out of Utah State, uh, averaged over five yards per carry after contact, uh, which was one of the highest marks in the nation last year. Reminded me a lot of Deion Lewis, can play in the passing game as well. Um, and then Chris Thompson rounds out this tier as the passing game back in Washington. Unfortunately, always hurt, but when he is healthy, um, he is a usable PPR running back. Tier nine, Evan, is made up of Mike Davis, Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, Malcolm Brown, Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard, Duke Johnson, Rex Burkhead, C.J. Anderson, T.J. Yeldon, Theo Riddick. It's interesting. There's more sort of name recognition in Tier 9 than there was in Tier 8. Yeah, we are starting to get into the running backs that just kind of, you know, are are going to get playing time. But, you know, the, right now there's not a clear path toward fantasy relevance. Mike Davis, number three back in Chicago behind Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Frank Gore, I think I don't think it, it's crazy to think that Frank Gore could lead the Bills in carries this year. He was much more effective than LaShawn McCoy last year, and I th- still think there's a chance that the Bills could move on from LaShawn McCoy. Devin Singletary was kind of a surprise pick by the Bills uh, in the third round, um, but I th- you know clearly they really like him, and he's going to be given an opportunity to succeed. He's got I mean, he's you know, like a decade younger than the guys that he's comp- he's competing against for carries and Frank Gore and uh, and LaShawn McCoy. Malcolm Brown talked about him. Adrian Peterson talked about him. Giovanni Bernard, there is some belief amongst Bengals beat writers that his role could be expanded from last season. Now, if you look at, you know, Zach Taylor's kind of history, um, you know, with the Rams – they, they wanted to use an every down back. They wanted to run a one back offense. Um, and so that's kind of the role that I've been projecting Joe Mixon for. But Giovanni Bernard, it'll be interesting to see, I think, in preseason games, especially that third preseason game, you know, is he rotating in every third series uh, for Joe Mixon? Uh, because, again, some, some, uh, one beat writer said that he thought 10 to 12 touches per game for, G- for Giovanni Bernard, and that's a big spike from last year. 
Um, when Joe Mixon was healthy for games, uh, G. Ronnie Bernard, you know, he was he was a ghost. You didn't see him out there. Duke Johnson, I think the Browns are going to keep him. But Drew Rosenhaus is working on this one, trying to get him uh, traded uh, elsewhere. Rex Burkhead, you know, really like him as a player. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of buried right now, unfortunately. C.J. Anderson, a threat for goal line and short yardage with the Lions behind on Johnson. T.J. Yeldon, probably fourth in line for work in the Bills' backfield, although he is the best receiving back uh, on the Bills right now. And then Theo Riddick, he's going to be playing somewhere this year. Uh, so have him at RB70. We just don't know where that is yet, cut by the Lions. Tier 10, let's wrap it up. Alfred Morris, Darren Sproles, Benny Snell, Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, Dexter Williams, Devontae Booker, Kenneth Dixon, Spencer Ware, Jordan Wilkins, Miles Gaskin, Mike Boone, Jordan Scarlett, and Ty Johnson. Yeah, again, just guys that are worth you know keeping on your radar in case something happens. You know, Dexter Williams. You know, if Aaron Jones tears his MCL for the fourth time, then Dexter Williams uh, gets real, real interesting. It seems like they are worried about health in Green Bay uh, with their running backs because uh, they just signed Corey Grant and they claimed Darren Hall, a rookie, off of waivers uh, from Cincinnati. So. And they added multiple backs like within a three-day span. Jamal Williams also has been sidelined at Packers camp with a hamstring injury. Gus Edwards, you know, that straight straight line, downhill, north-south banger back, uh, probably not going to be usable unless Mark Ingram goes down. But uh, they did use a three-man backfield to finish out last season. You remember it was Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon, and Ty Montgomery – they could continue to use a, a three-man backfield with Ingram, Edwards, and Justice Hill. You know, that should not surprise anyone, and Kenneth Dixon is still there. Um, Darren Sproles, we talked about him. Alfred Morris just signed by the Cowboys. Uh, Benny Snell, we talked about him. Naheem Hines is the passing down back for the Colts. His usage went way down when Marlon Mack really got healthy, uh, and we didn't see very much of any of, of Naheem Hines in the playoffs uh, which is, was a little bit concerning. And then they added Paris Campbell, and um, you know I, I think that Paris Campbell could take a, a chunk out of Naheem Hines' usage. They kind of operate in similar uh, sectors of the field. Mike Boone, the number three back for the Vikings behind Dalvin Cook, who was injury pr- or has been injured in the past, and Alexander Madison, who is an unproven rookie. Ty Johnson, I think, got a lot more interesting all of a sudden um, when the Lions cut Theo Riddick, Ty Johnson, you know, you want to just talk about like guys on on paper that look, you know, in terms of like speed and size. I mean, he was one of the most impressive guys. And then uh, the the other the other day, I watched a bunch of him, a bunch of his um, his games uh, at Maryland, and I, I thought he was pretty impressive. You know, he was a guy that they love to get uh, outside of the tackle box, and he had a ton of speed. I mean, he had legit breakaway speed, um, and he can catch passes. Jordan Wilkins had a better rookie year than I think is perceived, uh, but you know he's behind Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, and he's competing with Spencer Ware, also in this tier, for number three back work in Indianapolis. And then Miles Gaskin, a guy who had 1,000 yards rushing four straight seasons at the University of Washington – um, he's a guy to keep in mind because Kalen Balaj is very unproven in Miami. And Kenyon Drake, again, career committee back. Miles Gaskin is a career workout, workhorse, you know. Uh, and then last guy I want to talk about, Jordan Scarlett, number two in line for touches behind Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. This is a guy to own in Dynasty. He was a big-time underachiever in college. Uh, but uh, he does have pretty good size and speed and um, – you know, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, God forbid, Jordan Scarlett would be next in line to get touches in Carolina. Evan, that was amazing because you are amazing. You know what else, by the way, Evan? I know you already know this. PFF's pretty amazing. PFF Fantasy, they've got the most in-depth stats and analysis 
gives you a massive edge over your competition. Look, it's all data-driven projections. Sit back and follow their expert rankings all season long. Don't wait another season guessing which players to draft or fade. Use PFF analytics to optimize every draft pick, trade offer, and DFS lineup. Sign up at pff.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. They even have green line game picks if you're a high stakes guy. PFF.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. Love it. Love Tears of Evan. Wide receivers next week should be phenomenal. Love the running backs breakdown, Evan, as well. Reminder again, tomorrow we're going with the all-double-digit round team with the fantasy football fellas. That should be good. Other than that, that was meaty. That was ButcherBox promo code Tucker meaty. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.